0: Uh, so, Neela, I kind of got to apologize to everyone. Uh, I'm a little, I'm a little tired for this for this pod because last night you got me to read something. It was 5:30 in the morning, and you had rambled on for 18 pages, front and back. <laughs> this is Friends <laughs> season four. <laughs> All right, the tape is rolling, the light is on, and you're in the two-man booth with Nick Good. And Neil Cochran. And this is our, your podcast where we talk about sports, movies, TV, sometimes music, anything we feel like talking about. Uh, this one, this week we are diving back into the, the Friends Revisited series. We've done the first three, now we're heading into season four.
1: Long time ago now, it feels like.
0: Long, actually, it's funny you mention that, Neil, because I just went back and listened to the last little bit. Of when we reviewed season three, because I was curious how we how we handled the mystery of who Ross was going to pick. Sure, uh, I will mention this off the top too. We are doing this episode uh in honor of our good uh, loyal listener, Cece. She's she requested this. Uh, she's having a tough go right now, uh, so we wanted to shout out and dedicate these next two episodes, these next two Throwback Thursdays, to her. So hope you're listening hope you enjoy this um but yeah so we went back we end season three with ross at the beach house all the friends at the beach house and he has to make the hard decision do i go with rachel or go with bonnie (laughs) and we the season ends with him opening one of the doors and him just saying hi and then that's it hi
1: classic Ross. Uh,
0: but before we get into what this what decision ross made and The first, I should mention we're doing the first half of season four. We're doing the first 12 episodes. We'll do the next 12 next Thursday. Um, You're kind of mentioning some things before we started recording, Neil, about the age of sitcom and just the the amount of viewership. So do you want to kind of go over some of that a little bit, which is pretty fascinating?
1: Yeah. So like the season four premiere uh, originally aired September 25th, 1997. It had a viewership of 29.4 U.S. viewers. Yeah. Which is just insane, because um, we think about it now. Like, good ratings now, even just for reference, I believe Breaking Bad at its peak got like five million.
0: Well, what was what was Game of Thrones getting by the end there?
1: Oh, that would be a good comparison. I'll look it up quickly, but I just I look at those numbers and I'm just like flabbergasted because in- yeah,
0: it just well, the thing that's interesting too is because. Like you know, you compare it to Game of Thrones, but that's like a prestigious, complex drama on HBO that was worth whatever ten million dollars just per episode to produce, Mm -hmm. and we're comparing this to a just a pretty straightforward sitcom.
1: Yeah, I think that's me, and I think that shows you like network TV how it just reinforces the the idea that it was so popular at a Well,
0: in, like, 97, time. too, you're going into S- Seinfeld's last season. They're probably garnering the same amount. You know, mm-hmm. Frasier, everybody else Raymond, like, all these sitcoms are kind of getting, like, in the double-digit million viewers, which is, yeah, just crazy.
1: For sure. And it's just, yeah, it's just a staggering number. It just, yeah. for, like you said, for just uh whatever. So in comparison, if you're curious, you know, Game of Thrones had... Obviously, built up momentum for the eighth season. There was whatever. The highest viewership they had in that eighth season was 13.61. Wow. So, so Friends had <laughs> so over like double. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: And Friends would have over double for just regular episodes. You know,
0: 26 yeah, that's million, 24 million. So. I mean, to be fair, those Game of Thrones numbers probably don't take into account illegal downloads, but
1: for sure. There's the yeah. amount of eyes that have seen game of Thrones is probably comparable, but just the yeah. straight up, like sit down on a, I don't know when, when was friends? Was it on Thursdays?
0: Is Thursdays. Yeah. It was them and Seinfeld that had, I think, I think yeah. Seinfeld either led into friends or friends led into Seinfeld. One of the two. Sure. and then Frazier was... was in there too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause M- NBC really had them all.
0: That was NBC is like Thursday block. That was where they really were commanding that whole space, that whole sure. sitcom space. Of course. Yeah. Um, and then, so just as an overview, too, what were your general thoughts on the first half of season four? I
1: I thought it was actually pretty strong. I I, I don't know this for sure, but I have to imagine that gener- season four is probably generally well liked, or you know, it's it's looked sure. upon in a positive light. I would assume. I think because you get you get past those those first couple seasons where it's you know you're still kind of getting to know characters, all the, all that kind of stuff, right? I think when you get into a, a season four, the um, characters become more clear. The relationships are easier, so they're they're able to bounce around, you know, yeah. jobs and relationships a little bit better. Um, and and yes, that was a- so. I thought it was overall it was a strong season. I am ima- or strong first half. I imagine that I have to feel that if I'm feeling that, I feel like lots of people must like this yeah. season, right?
0: Well, you made a good point about um, the jobs and the characters. I think. We're not at the point quite yet where these characters have become caricatures. I sure. mean, Chandler, yeah, maybe a little bit out of all of them, but, you but know, even Joe- then
1: he's he 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 dials back the sarcasm just ever so slightly. Like it's yeah, He's got a couple
0: like, zingers that just make me laugh, but <laughs>
1: for sure, like sometimes, I'm, yeah, he, things really roll bad. off the tongue really easy for for Chandler, and it's like. In real life, I don't know if it's that easy to just roll off the tongue. But yeah. Yeah.
0: But, you know, but Joey's not quite brain dead yet. Like, yeah, no. he's still the, the he's still the dumb friend, but there's some depth to his character. Phoebe, you'd mentioned before we started recording, like, she's not quite the, like, just out to lunch, yeah, caricature of the the crazy kooky friend quite yet. Like, yeah, she's got her weird tics, but she's not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Ross is bearable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and then yeah Monica's not not she, you don't really get a big sense of her like o c d or weird weird tendencies that they had established before the only one is when the uh the bumper scene when after Ross dates the the messy girl and we'll get right. to all that but that's really you don't really get much into that kind of minutia of her character no but then you mentioned the job thing which is interesting too like they I noticed too I don't know if you did they make a lot of uh specific mentions to they're in their late 20s like they're in the last year of their 20s they're 28 Mm -hmm. 29 yeah and you know joey's still trying to find a job and monica's she's trying to figure out should i do this catering thing with phoebe or do i finally get my dream job as a head chef at a restaurant and rachel's trying to move up she's still an assistant she's trying to move up in her career like it is a very interesting time in their lives and it's Obviously, something as a teenager, when you're watching the show, you don't quite relate to as much. But now I'm... I I mean, for myself, it is kind of weird to think that, like, why I'm older now is these characters are in this show.
1: Sure. Yeah, or like you're right around, hovering around the same age. But
0: God, does Joey not look like he's 29 years old? (laughs) (laughs) Like, Matt (laughs) LeBlanc does not pass for a 29-year-old in this show, but that's beside the point.
1: No, for sure. Um, Yeah, I just... I think it was just more of a solid... I thought it was like it, it was more a little more charming and sweet mm-hmm. and fun. I think is the best way I can describe it. Like, okay, I I I feel like it's gonna be hard to top this personally. Like from a personal standpoint, I I feel like this will probably be my favorite season that we do. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're right. I think it'll start to really kind of progress down. If you are curious, though, mm-hmm. in 1997,
0: mm-hmm. Matt LeBlanc was 30 years old. Wow, man, he does. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't look it. He was
1: born in 1967.
0: Damn. So. Well, I take that back, Matt LeBlanc. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty
0: crazy. So I think exactly Lisa around. Kudrow is probably the oldest out of them, if I recall correctly. She to me doesn't
1: look like a 29 year old, but they also like the way she dresses and stuff. Like, yeah, exactly. There's definitely like uh, a Rachel the way she's dressed, and yeah, uh, Lisa Kudrow is 57, so she was 34. In the yeah, States, I, I, like the I
0: think 1960s. I recall she's the oldest of the and. Yeah, um, that makes sense. yeah. If you were talking about like Rachel's the the, the '90s fashion in general is just funny. Like it's
1: Dude, the, even Monica's pants, like no pockets on the back and stuff. Well, it's, it's funny too.
0: And then just Rachel's rocking pantsuits all the time at work, but it's just funny too because you look at some. We've talked about Chandler's suits and like how they're ill-fitting and stuff, but. You know, this is the season that going into the last dance. So it reminded me of a lot—a lot of seeing all these guys, like Jordan, and all these guys. Even they were like poorly dressed in these, like bag. I don't know why the mid to late nineties just were really into the baggy, baggy suits.
1: Baggy suits, man.
0: Jordan's never so,
1: left the baggy suits.
0: To be honest with you, even today yeah, he dresses
1: in those big ass baggy suits. For people curious, Pro, Jennifer Addison was twenty eight at the time. Okay. So
0: she, yeah, makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like you said, I think. It, it makes sense. I'm sure Courtney Cox is probably around the same, but
0: yeah. I got to say all time. I think this is an all time Rachel season too.
1: This is an all time Rachel season.
0: Just she's just 28 year old Jennifer Anson's looking.
1: <laughs> well, this is, <laughs> this great. is probably the peak. Like you said, when the haircuts were coming in and everything like this
0: is, this is her. Well, time. she's past the Rachel now. She's kind of growing her hair a little bit more. Monica's more. got the short hair and yeah. Uh, Matthew Perry was,
1: the, was the youngest. He was only 28. So that makes more sense to me. Oh yeah. Yeah, he does look the youngest if I was to say if I was to choose one. But yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yeah I, I could see that for sure. But
1: I, I do think it's it is nice to look back and, and see that they were all around the age of the characters they were playing. Yeah,
0: that, which actually surprises me. I kind of for some reason I just thought they were all a little, slightly older. Sure. But Courtney Cox though was almost as old. She was thirty three. Oh, she so she's was almost as old as this Kudrow. Goudreau,
1: but she looks young. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Very young.
1: But but they also, like, her character is also, the, theoretically, I guess, would be kind of the youngest. The
0: youngest? Or or well, her and Ross Rachel. Is, no, Ross is older than Monica. Older.
1: That's right. <laughs> My friend's uh, family tree.
0: Come on. Come on, that's Neil. Right. People are turning this podcast off now.
1: That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Just because of that. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. The older brother, Ross,
0: of course. Okay, you want to hop into the episodes here? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so episode one opens with the one with the jellyfish, as you mentioned, 25th of September, 1997. Uh, Ross goes into. Well, Rachel's- Rachel and Bonnie are both in there, but it's whose room?
1: That's right, it's Rachel's room.
0: <laughs> but it's Rachel's room. He chooses Rachel's room.
1: <laughs> that was funny. He said, Oh, my head's sunburnt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's just rubbing aloe vera into her head. Yeah. Uh, I almost. Um,
1: yeah, it was funny because had, it had been a while. Since you I was like, "Oh yeah, like Bonnie shaved her head." Yeah, and it's Christine Taylor, of course, which is pretty yeah. funny. Yeah.
0: Um. So, of course, the whole uh, thing here is Ross has chosen Rachel. You know, he's got to break up with Bonnie. Uh, he, while he goes to do it, Rachel writes this note, and it becomes the fam- infamous note. Neil, I don't know if you knew about this before.
1: No, I didn't.
0: So Rachel writes her note, eighteen pages front and back. Uh, she really. In order for her and Ross to get back together, Ross needs to read it and agree (laughs) to it. Uh, And like I said, he mentions that it's 5.30 in the morning when she gives it to him uh, after he's broken up with Bonnie. But right before this, we see Monica, Chandler, and Joey in the kitchen all kind of hanging out. So are we led to believe that everyone in this house is up until 5.30 in the morning?
1: Uh, I guess. They're partying hard, man.
0: But they don't. Oh, we're going to get to that. These... As much as I enjoy these characters, they're lame motherfuckers.
1: They do not party.
0: No. They're lame motherfuckers. <laughs> um, uh, and then the other sort of B-plot here is uh f- Which is actually going to go through the se- first half of the season a lot more than I remember. But mm-hmm. Phoebe finding out that her mom's friend, Phoebe, is her actual birth mom. Gave her up when Phoebe was younger. Um, yeah. So... Basically, the whole conceit here with the note is that Ross falls asleep. He doesn't actually read it. Uh, Rachel's upset. She's like, Ross, she says, does it? Either it does or it doesn't, Ross. And he says it does. He doesn't know what he's agreeing to. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm completely on team Ross here.
0: Well, it's just so funny when she's just like they're back together and she goes upstairs or whatever. And then he just he finally goes to the letter and it's just the line reading from David Schwimmer where he just goes, it certainly it does is. not <laughs> is perfect. Yeah, but I'm I'm
1: completely on Team Ross here. Like Rachel, the guy just broke up with his girlfriend yeah. in, a, in a beach house for you. And you're going to spring this on him at 5.30 in the morning. Let him reconcile with the fact that he just broke up with Bonnie and talk about it the next day. Instead, she wants him to read an 18 pages front and back. Front and back. At 5.30 in the morning after he just broke up with his girlfriend. Immediately. And she expects a response right then and there. And she's going to get mad at him if he didn't read it. Totally. Well, and the, I'm totally out uh, on Rachel's side here. I'm totally Team Ross.
0: Well, the issue here, too, is that you're entering to a relationship which, you know, ideally is supposed to be compromised a bit of give and take but the whole letter the idea is that Ross is supposed to assume all the responsibility for what went wrong the first time in the relationship 100% agree that's not you can't have a relationship that is, like that this is why, why I, I'm uh, yeah I
1: totally agree you're right and this is why I'm gonna hate Rachel and Ross from here on out
0: this but is what it. about when what about when they're at the coffee shop and Ch- Ross is talking to Chandler and Joey about it and they just say you have what you want just let it go Nah. Do you think he should just let it go? No. No, because
1: then it's it's a relationship built on falsehoods, Nick, and we can't have this if he really feels like that, he can't just accept that. That's blame. fair. If he really well, and feels
0: obviously like it, yeah. it boils over. Um,
1: exactly. In one episode, which I appreciated. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm gonna say it right here, right now, right before even on episode one. I'm totally against Rachel and Ross ever being together. So from here <sighs> on out I will always be team <sighs> breakup. So that's my hot take here. So what I'll they say here. They are a horrendous couple and they should be broken up all the time. No, they're
0: not a horrendous couple. They're great together. No,
1: they are not.
0: The thing I'll say about this is that I think as far as the, the quality of the show goes, yes, the show is better when they're not together. Yes. Uh, because that's just how shows work. You always want the chase. And then once the people are together, it's not quite as interesting. But I will say this. When it all comes back around in season 10 it is worth the payoff is worth it matt neil she got off the plane and i don't know you i know you don't know what that reference means well i do but people, but. But people who have watched this show and have watched it over and over in syndication as we are um oh, you know, that, that i know the famous so
1: line when ross is yelling at that machine let her off the plane
0: no <laughs> did she get off the plane did she yeah. get off the plane and then the perfect camera angle you just hear rachel in the background i got off the plane oh man it's 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 heartwarming anyway all that being said, I agree with you. I think for the for the quality of the show, when they when they're broken up and they're bickering and they're being petty towards each other, it's better. And you mentioned off the top, the almost 30 million people tune in to watch the season premiere because they want to see Ross and Rachel get back together. But what do the writers do? They break them up within 20 minutes. Yes, which is I think like kind of, you know, it's perfect. Well, I just think it's kind of like a a bit of an fu to the fan base, but also like. They're at this point in the show's life span where they're like, We can do whatever we want, people are still gonna watch this show. Pretty much sure. like with the, to a degree. Cause I mean, I wrote this for the end of the end notes of the season, but they really if you remember the first time they broke up, there was a lot, a lot of episodes of them, Oh, we can't be in the same room together. This is so hard, I can't sure. get over it. They kind of breezed through the breakup this time pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, because they were never really together, they were together for a day. But so. still Ross and Rachel. No, I'm, I'm totally against them being together ever. We will. I we. Hey, there may be an article coming out on TMB Media. Oh, wow! About, Neil, about how the relationship tease. has ruined an entire generation of people.
0: I like it, Neil. I like the tease, but don't tease something if you can't follow through.
1: We'll see. We'll see. I, I'll see after we finish the next twelve, um, because of course it's going to culminate in something. So
0: it does. It does. So you you have like a you have a a. a somewhat baseline understanding of the of the plot points throughout the series it seems yes, like
1: yeah because i know they have a child together too at some point Whoa, that,
0: spoiler alert
1: spoiler alert that's right and that's a big surprise too right the sweater anyway oh I man remember.
0: that's also a great t- oh see anyway whatever okay. um so that the, the other plot we have going on in this episode is the jellyfish story that's right um if you notice i don't
1: know why this is such a big deal if you got stung by a jellyfish and someone needed to pee on you is it really a big deal
0: yeah, yeah. Like, come on, <laughs> but Neil, Neil, you're really Neil, really good friends. Neil, if I peed on you, it would change our friendship. <laughs> That'd be weird, I guess. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> I guess it's like yeah. Monica's. It's like Monica says at the end of the episode, "You will always be the guy who peed on me."
1: Oh, well, she gets over it at some point, though, doesn't well, she, she?
0: Does. does. And I, I, we've mentioned this in the other seasons before, but it. I really feel like there's been a slow burn. Yeah, they've dropped in the Monica Chandler thing a lot.
1: Because in this episode, right, it's, it's that she could never... Why would she never date a guy like Chandler, basically?
0: Yeah, right? that's that, the carryover from the se- season finale from last year, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, during this story, Chandler mentions at the end, sometimes late at night, I can still hear the screaming. And Joey says, oh, that's just because sometimes I say it through the wall to freak you out. But Rachel is still wearing the same outfit... That she was wearing when they left the beach house. Ooh. So how many nights has it been since this happened? There you go. I appreciate the joke. I appreciate the line, but it's just inaccurate.
1: <laughs>
0: I like also it. the outfit Rachel's wearing like, come on. That's why I noticed. <laughs> um, but then of course the, the end, the end of the episode, like the, the breakup fight is just classic. Oh yeah, you had rambled on for eighteen pages, front and back. <laughs> oh, by the way, why are Y-O-U-A-Posh-fri- you apostrophe? Why you apostrophe? R e is you are. Why are yours? Your the
1: the grammar police in nineteen ninety seven. I love it. OG.
0: That's, an, that's a Ross trait throughout the season. Uh, sure. But then, of course, Rachel just fires like, oh, by the way, it's not that common. It doesn't happen every guy, and it is a big deal. It's just great. Like <laughs> These are like jokes when you're younger you don't quite get, and now you know you get into your mid to late 20s, early 30s. You're like, okay, these jokes, uh, I get where they're coming from. Yeah,
1: and I appreciated the, when Rachel was like, it's just so great that you decided to take full
0: responsibility. Just and to get like- some perspective.
1: <laughs> And she's just, like, taking no blame here. I'm totally on yeah. Ross, I'm on Ross's side here. Okay. Like I said,
0: a good relationship's a two-way street. So It's true. It's true, Neil. It truly is. Yes. Um, Move on to episode two, the one with the cat. That's right. Uh, 2nd of October 1997. Uh, we get a lot of more pettiness between Ross and Rachel post-breakup. You know, this is where Chip has called to hang out with Monica and Ross, Ra- and she's trying to flaunt, Oh, look, Chip. Rachel's trying to flaunt in front of Ross, like why don't you give him a call yeah, and just that that great. just that shot of her on the phone and he just leans and goes oh that's right he called for Monica yeah. like just it, it's it's a little cruel but it's just it's petty and it's, it's hilarious petty.
1: yeah that stuff's
0: great that's
1: the pettiness we love petty Ross we we stand petty Ross
0: oh man P- petty Ross is the best petty and like Kind of loserish Ross is the best character, by far. Yeah, it's the best one. Um, Phoebe thinks her mom's a cat.
1: Yeah, that was a bit of a strange plot point. Well,
0: and but then we get the classic Phoebe Ross tension here, where Ross is the logical one, right? Mm -hmm. Phoebe, your mom is not in the cat, and you know how many parents have you lost, Ross? Like, and we've had this a couple times where their very their their varying sense of you know spirituality versus science. You know, scientific inquiry, I suppose, would be the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. So, there's another example of that tension there. Yeah,
1: I, I can appreciate that for sure. I just think it was a little extreme on like the Phoebe thing, and and like that doesn't mean Ross is trying to be a supportive friend by telling her the truth. Like, you can't, just yeah. you don't get just to project things because you can't deal with your with your shit. But in fairness, well, Phoebe, they just pile it all on, and she just makes jokes about very like dark subjects, which is a bit. Odd, but definitely yeah. like a '90s thing for sure. But yeah,
0: uh, is it though? I feel like a, I feel I like our he, generation, in, like I feel like yeah. me, the millennial generation, we like to make dark humor. We have a lot of dark humor. Well, we do,
1: yeah. But our generation is more like South Park dark humor, not the
0: Friends way, I guess. But in they the just, sense that like p- she, they just pile a lot onto Phoebe. Just I like guess. how flippantly she talks about her mom's suicide and yeah. stuff like and her being homeless and stuff like exactly, that.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. maybe that's more what I'm talking about. But
0: but I dig but you know I just th- I just
1: love Ross. I think maybe I love Ross's logic here, so
0: I do too. But they do they do dig into the character trait which watching it, it's you know, sometimes you get a black mirror held up towards you and you just see all the bad things about you. For sure. And when just when everyone's going on about how Ross always has to be right, I'm just like, ugh. I'm such yeah. a Ross sometimes. I'm sometimes. such a fucking Ross for most sure. of the time. People people listening will say, "No, Nick, you are you are always that Ross." <laughs> um, so I apologize for that. But yes, hey, when you're right, true. you're right.
1: I think that can be definitely read as that that like Ross always just needs to be right.
0: So. <laughs> and then so this is where Joey gets robbed. He gets inside the entertainment unit, yeah. and this is another one of the great Chandler line deliveries. Yeah. Where he comes back, he's like, "What happened?" He's like, "Oh man, he said he wasn't going to take the this chairs or something like that." He's like, man, I tell you, if I ever see that guy again, and he just goes, bend over? <laughs> Which is, like, kind of an edgy joke for primetime sitcoms, but, for like, sure. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, probably
1: went over, some people's said. As, as you said, like, as a teenager, might not necessarily, you know,
0: maybe as a younger the, kid. You know, the uh, Etch-A-Sketch they have by the by the door, there's always stuff written in the background. The robber wrote, thanks for all your stuff on it. Yeah. You noticed that? Um Okay, so then we kind of, the whole thing happens where Phoebe, the cat, thinks the cat's her mom. One of, I think Rachel, someone finds a flyer that says, no, it's a missing cat. Some little girl is missing her cat. They're posted all over. And then Ross is like, hey, I got to go hang out with Ben, who we haven't seen for like two seasons. Um, But he's like, I got to go hang out with Ben. And by the time, you know, tell Phoebe. And then Mm -hmm. later Ross shows up to the apartment she notices the cat's still there as like, you guys haven't told her yet. But they've established that these flyers are everywhere and Phoebe hasn't seen them. Yeah. Weird.
1: I, I love when you find potholes, Nick. This is my well, favorite I mean, part.
0: I gotta, I, I, and I gotta call it like I see it. I gotta right. call it like I see it. No, I respect it. Uh, so that's kind of, Oh, and then of course we have Monica going the date with chip that her high school crush. And yeah, that was fun. like, <laughs> cause when she was like, we all know, we all know those people who just like haven't changed since <laughs> high school.
1: Yeah, like they, they still find the same things funny and whatever else. They obviously played it over the top, but I appreciated the sort of joke Yeah, and the sort of um, when she was like, I always wanted to go on a date with him in high school, and I guess I did. <laughs> and then I also got to break up with him.
0: Well, okay. Cool. I was actually going to get into that. She says, I, "I not only did I get to date Chip Matthews from high school, I got to dump Chip Matthews. Mm-hmm. But do you are you really dumping someone when you've gone on one date with them and say you don't want to go on another date? Is that really dumping?
1: That is not dumping. No, no. But in this show, but in this show, it's always one day relationships, so they have to be dumping
0: people. (laughs) Like I get where you're coming from, Monica. But like, yeah, you didn't dump Chip Matthews for sure. Uh, yeah, that. But I I can relate to her because there I have been in that position where you know you have a high school crush, you get a chance, and because at first, uh, Rachel's a little pissed off. She's like, "How could you do this? He cheated on me at the prom." And Monica basically says, "Like, I didn't get to date Chip Matthews in high school, so I got to do I got to do this for high school, Monica." Mm-hmm. And I've been in a position in my life where uh, I had an opportunity with someone from high school, and I just kept thinking the whole time, "Like, high school Nick would be so proud of you right now." <laughs> so I can relate to that. All right, moving on because nobody wants to hear about that; they want to hear right. about they don't want to hear about real life relationship shit. They want to they want to hear about fake ones from twenty five years ago. That's right. So episode three is the one with the cuffs. 9th of October, 1997. I will say this. The character of Joanna is pretty funny. Pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the whole thing here is Chandler briefly gets back with Rachel's boss, Joanna. He gets handcuffed in her office. Uh, we also have Penn Gillette trying to sell Joey encyclopedias in an age before the internet, in the age before Google.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty funny. <laughs> I wonder if they actually cost that much. Do $50 it- a book. Probably, man. Because he's what do you say twelve hundred bucks for the whole thing? Twelve
0: hundred for the set, and then fifty bucks just for one. He buys V. He
1: buys V. Yeah. (laughs) Man, I was just thinking in my head. You're right. Like, oh, yeah. The internet in the the early days of like
0: early before Wikipedia, we had uh, Encyclopedia Britannica online, and you had to pay for that. I get to pay like a monthly subscription or annual subscription for it.
1: Yeah, I guess. Uh. I guess Wikipedia has really sort of
0: opened our eyes for how
1: readily available, how much
0: we take the internet be. for granted,
1: for sure, and like how readily available some info can be. You know, you, I think yeah. you just take that for granted, like you said. So. Yeah,
0: if I want to, if I want to look up vulcanized rubber, I can just type that in.
1: Exactly, volcanic ash. You know.
0: Yeah, Vatican City. Vatican City. <laughs> wow, I never knew that much about vomit. <laughs> but do you think, kid? Okay, do you think the scene where where, Chan- where Rachel handcuffs chandler to the filing cabinet and he he goes to do you think that was fake or not fake do you think that was unintentional i think it was unintentional me too because jennifer anson's reaction looks pretty genuine she's like you can she's actually like shocked and the way just the way matthew perry kind of just goes like (laughs) smiles kind of it's like fuck man like i think think that was was, unintentional
1: i think that was by like on accident yeah me too
0: Right when I saw um, it, I was
1: like, oh, I think that was impro- like, improv, but like by accident. And yeah. they, just, they decided to keep it because like, their reactions are so funny.
0: Barely any Ross in this episode, so yeah, it's maybe one of the more forgettable ones of the season.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically it's Monica trying to impress her mother, which anytime the Monica with
0: the parents is pretty funny stuff. Cause I felt this one, though, like Mrs. Geller was really extra bitchy.
1: Like extra ruthless?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, like you know, your daughter's a chef; like she's gonna be able to make food. Like, you think she can make it better than frozen lasagna?
0: Like, she gets the nail in the nail in the uh, in the quiche, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, and just that last scene, though, when Joey's all confident now that he can have conversations because he's read his his V encyclopedia. Just when whoever, because he brings up Vietnam War, and then I think Rachel goes, and then Rachel goes, "Oh, did you see that documentary on the Korean War?" And then just his look, his look on his face, where he kind of is like, "Ah, oh, fuck." Oh god, you feel for Joey a bit there, for sure.
1: Should have got the whole set. <laughs>
0: um, okay, episode four, the one with the ballroom dancing. This was a little problematic, a little bit of a problematic, problematic episode. Big time. Um, the, we're
1: going to come across these, though. Unfortunately, it's just the time of the. It's just a product of the time. It is. I, I think that's one of the things that's. I don't particularly enjoy now. I mean, I wouldn't have noticed it probably back then is that there is a lot of sort of, uh, scared of being gay. I think is sort of the best. Well, there's
0: way that, but even before that, so part of one of the plots here is that Phoebe has a crush on one of her massage clients. And so sure. They make a comment about how she's like done her feet up. Cause it's only part of her that he can see when he's on the table. Mm-hmm. And Ross is like, what's with the ankle bracelet and the toe ring. And Phoebe's re- answer is it's Arabian princess day at work. Leave me alone yeah yeah i don't think that line would make the cable cut these days no probably not um and then yeah like i said the a plot is essentially like gay shaming yeah joey comes back from dancing with trigger and monica's like her line verbatim is how's the dancing gay yet
1: yeah like
0: <laughs> and like <laughs> oh the, man like yeah th- those are some of the things that you just kind of cringe sure it's not like it's I not
1: get it's not like crazy in your face, but it's definitely like a, it's like the best way I can describe It's like a microaggression towards like, well,
0: keep the, in mind, like, so this is 1997. You know, we did Oscars 97 sure. and this is the year where, where as good as it gets comes out. Absolutely. So there's, and that was a big problem we talked about in that script.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Bang on. I didn't even think about that. And you're right. It be, it must just have been
0: around this time. And even yeah. part of the joke in the full Monty that same year is that like, it's sure. this sort of like homoerotic thing in this really work, like tough working class town in Scotland or England or wherever they are. Sure. Yeah. So yeah it's just maybe. a strange time in the mid mid to late 90s, eh? Yeah,
1: yeah in like early 2000s. It, it must, it has to just be a product of the time. Um, yeah, I think it just, it turns into some low hanging fruit kind of stuff.
0: And then, but, but then you kind of have the opposite too, where you have Ro- Chandler and Ross trying to quit the gym.
1: That was great. Like yeah. that, that plot line was funny because they were just. I mean, like- it's
0: good. So, Chandler mentioned he's like, they're going to keep taking $50 out of my account for the rest of my life. It's good to know that, you know, there hasn't been that much inflation in gym memberships in 25 years. About it's still cost- about 50 bucks a month.
1: 60 to six, Yeah, 60 bucks usually.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that's the, as far as inflation rates go over, over almost three decades, two and a half decades, that's pretty good.
1: <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Joey and Trigger, they, they dance that's mm-hmm. kind of the, the whole episode here to keep Monica and Chandler from, be, or Monica and Rachel from being uh, evicted. And then even at the end too, there's even sort of like body shaming stuff where, yeah. where Trigger's like, hey, you want to come? Marge has a friend. She's about my size. And Joy's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. And it's, like, yeah. eh, it's like, yeah, did you have to throw that in? There? I get it. It's just,
1: yeah, I know. And one, I think again, it's, you know, a deeper dive into Friends would tell you that like Monica's worth is entirely tied to her weight loss and they even talk sure like how anytime people now see Monica it's like oh you're so beautiful
0: well when she sees Timothy Burke he's like I remember seeing you in front of the Dairy Queen's last time I saw you kind of thing right yeah and it's just
1: like I understand it from a perspective of it it makes for a funny plot line and like you know when she's wearing the fat suit later in this in the series and stuff like that
0: it's relentless though
1: it is like you said it's just a little problematic now yeah yeah
0: so we'll just move quickly on to episode five. Sure. The one yeah, with Joy's new an girlfriend. an entirely
1: forgettable episode, though. I, I totally agree.
0: Yeah. The one with Joey's new girlfriend. This is going to cause some um, interesting plot points throughout the series. Yeah, or throughout yeah. the season.
1: I loved that. Yeah. Anyway. I like this. This gives Chandler another dimension. So
0: We have some more Ross and Rachel pettiness to kind of start this episode off. Yeah. Which is nice. <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> again, a great Chandler line reading where... Because the whole thing is Ross is trying to rub it in Rachel's face that he got this number from Amanda. And he just keep, he like tosses it onto her magazine or whatever. And um, and then she's like, you didn't even kiss Amanda. And Ross kind of shoots a look at Chandler, knowing that he told Chandler and Chandler obviously told either Monica or Rachel. And Chandler's line is, I tell people secrets to make them like me. <laughs> which, which I thought was a great line reading. <laughs> Um, oh, and this this is where Phoebe has her sexy cold voice. Yes, that's right. Um, her behavior regard regarding catching Monica's cold is not COVID safe, though.
1: No, not,
0: not good. Not not, good. not a good episode to be watching during a pandemic.
1: No, not good in 2020. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, it's social like, distancing.
1: W- How about licking the bowl that you just ate out of? Yeah,
0: Ugh, like Christ <laughs> Almighty. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the main thing here is Joey starts dating Kathy. Chandler approaches her at the coffee shop, not knowing that she's about to go on a date with Joey. He falls pretty hard and fast for her, and this is going to cause some tension going forward for the next couple episodes.
1: That's right. Uh,
0: it Gunther makes for is... some
1: great like uh, Chandler-Joey moments, though.
0: Yeah. Yep, for thing. sure.
1: But Were you going to say Gunther? Is this his first appearance
0: in the season? No, he's been in the background a little bit, but like I'm kind of over the Gunther thing. He's just creepy. He is creepy.
1: It's He's like, just enough. like...
0: I just wrote Gun- Gunther Man. Like, I think he's just creeping on Rachel in some weird way. He, like, asked for her birthday at one point, And I think she's like, Oh, I need someone to hug. And he tried, I don't know. He's just being weird.
1: Yeah. Or, like, when she's like, I need a man, you know?
0: And he's just, Oh, like, uh, yeah. That, that was funny. Away. And he just kind of looks down. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. That's good. Those are good, Gun- good Gunther moments. You're right. When where he, he talks has another too much,
1: though, it's like, Ooh.
0: He has another line where Joey comes in. And he's like, Hey, have you seen Chandler? He's like, I thought you were Chandler.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: Oh, and that was another good line in uh, in the one with Trigger. That even though it's forgettable, where he, he says something, Joey says something with the chick and the duck. He's like, "You have pets?" He's like, "No, no, no, no. That's our nicknames. I'm the chick. He's the duck." He's like, "Yeah, thought it would have been the other way around." <laughs> and then when he comes when he comes to the door, he's like, "Hey, Duck, is Chick here?" To Chandler, and he's like, "Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah." So anyway, episode six, the one with the dirty girl. This is a great episode. Uh, 6th of November,
1: 1997.
0: Yeah, this is the good stuff. So Chandler, it's it's Kathy's birthday, the opening scene. He buys her uh, a first edition Velotine Rabbit. Have you and ever again, read this, is this book, a... Nick? I have not, actually. Have you?
1: No, I have not,
0: no. Oh, okay. Definitely not. I, was I just thought you were going a... like, to shame me or something. No, no, no you're it. the English major. You know, the no, English guy. Not, not, not an English, English major. major. You do that every time. No, it's the education <laughs> major, but you're an English man. You're, you're
1: <laughs> yeah. a well-written or a rel- well-read
0: man is what i appreciate that but no i've never read the velveteen rabbit i couldn't even tell you what it's about
1: me neither i have no idea but it sounds familiar it's
0: it's apparently it's very important to kathy so chandler has tracked down a first edition copy but again this is the ross and rachel pettiness that's really funny yeah he he chan or i think rachel wants to touch he's like no no your fingers have corrosive oils on them and she goes well better keep it away from ross's hair then (laughs) yes yes and then so Ross goes on a date with I think her name is Cynthia. Uh it's played she's played by Rebecca Romaine.
1: Rebecca Romaine, yeah.
0: And she Would she be
1: Rebecca Romaine Stamos yet?
0: Uh that's a good question. I don't know, but I will find out quickly here. Uh, in the IMDb she's still she's listed as Ro- R- R- Rebecca Romaine, so. That's right. But anyway, so she is the dirty girl. He goes back to her apartment. Oh, she's she's beautiful. She's a scientist too. She's smart. Uh, So he's into it, but he goes back to your apartment, and it's messy. It's very messy. So then when he's describing it to Joey the next day, (laughs) Ross says, you know, at the end of the day, you throw your jacket on the couch? Well, instead of the couch, it's garbage. And instead of your jacket, it's garbage. And instead of the end of the day, it's the end of time, and garbage is all that has survived.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exasperated, Ross.
0: Yeah. Great. Um. But on the other side here, we're getting some more tension between Chandler and Kathy. Mm -hmm. Kathy's a little suspect. Yeah? She clearly knows that Chandler likes her, and they have some sexual chemistry, but she's still making it with Joey here. I know. She's playing the roommates a little bit here. A little bit. A
1: little bit. She's a better match with Chandler, though. We know this.
0: Oh, absolutely. But the main question from this episode, though, is, Neil, Mm -hmm. would you put up with all that disgusting apartment? To get it with nineteen ninety seven, Rebecca Romain Stamos. Yes, I think I. I think I would too. You, you,
1: you, they, they're, when they're convincing Ross. <laughs> yeah they're like dude just, just do it
0: <laughs> that is a great scene there was like chocolate on his hand he like finds baloney. <laughs> some good acting by rebecca romaine too where she's like oh my god no that's my that's mitzi my hamster oh thank god it's not her it's just yeah. a rat <laughs>
1: that was a great scene when he just starts mashing it
0: <laughs> with like with like a tennis racket yeah. and like a
1: or like a badminton bad, bad or whatever badminton it is yeah market? yeah oh no that was so good um if you were curious the velveteen rabbit it's a 1922 novel written by Marjorie Williams. Mm. And it is it chronicles the story of a stuffed rabbit's desire to become real through the love of its owner. So it's Pinocchio. <laughs> the British version, yes. <laughs>
0: or Winnie the Pooh or something. Sure, yeah. Pinocchio, uh, I mean, it's his desire
1: to become a real boy, I guess.
0: I got this for you because I know you like rabbits and cheese. <laughs> Another great line. Another great line. Yeah, Joey. Uh,
1: I did like how she realizes that it's clearly Chandler who got the book. Well, that's
0: what I'm saying. That's where, that's where she's being a little suspect. She's like, I know it was you. And she's like, she's definitely like, she's giving him the bedroom eyes at that point. The and he's like, Joey's my best friend. I can't do anything. The bedroom and I know, eyes. I don't know. A little suspect there of Kathy. Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: even the other plot in this one was pretty funny when uh, the funeral Oh they can't, yeah. they can't get her to give the money, so, and then she's you know, just singing.
0: Yeah, so Monica and Phoebe are trying to
1: get jeepers payment. creepers yeah, to so try to get payment. She looks for, okay to me. Yeah, try to get payment for the catering that they gave for this funeral, and yeah, like every time they cut back to the widow, she's just singing yeah. and dancing.
0: Good, good scene too, where Monica just is like, "Well, I'm gonna leave some cards." <laughs> And yeah, just scampers back to the kitchen. Yeah, because
1: Phoebe finally takes charge and was like, "No, well, you're paying us." And then yeah. Monica's just left, you know, high and dry. So that, you know that what, And me. this is
0: a, a, another example we were talking about the sort of the flippancy about uh, Phoebe's mom's death. She's yeah. like, "You know what? The first thing I did at my mom's funeral paid the caterer." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but this, this was an overall good, good episode, though. This but episode me... seven is like an all-time Ross episode. <laughs> Okay, this is a good stretch here. These two—the one where Chandler crosses the line—is the episode. So, I I will say this: this first half of the the season does a pretty good job of balancing pretty heavy, you know, somewhat real life tension with really, really good comedy. Sure. So this one, where Chandler crosses the line, he's going to cross the line with Kathy, but we also have Ross and his quote-unquote sound, (laughs) his sound. And just, again, great David Schwimmer just, like, at this start where Monica says like, oh, yeah, I forgot about you and your sound. ah cha. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but also, this is a really classic example of these people being lame as fuck. They're sitting around drinking orange juice, playing cards. I know. Like, come on. I know. Put a like, goddamn beer in one of their hands. And right? they do it every once in a while. But, like, just Not a vodka enough. soda.
1: I know. Not enough, though. Not enough, and like they go to Rangers games, like and they aren't getting bombed. I'd be getting hammered.
0: Like, come on, you. I, I get it, and we're gonna get into it with the with the party episode. But I mean, yeah, you're in your late twenties. You you you'd calm down a bit. But you guys are living in New York in your late twenties. It's
1: crazy, man.
0: It's crazy. And most of you are unemployed. Like what what? <laughs> like Ross, I get it. He he has like a real full time serious job. But like, why why are Mon like Monica works in the food industry for God's sake? Right. Works in the service industry. Like, come on we'll get to that. Yeah. Um <laughs> just but there is a good example where where Chandler comes back. So Chandler ends up kissing Kathy. Um
1: but again, she's playing him hard. Oh, I'll give you a haircut. And then
0: she's Yes, but this is the problem here too. We'll we'll, we'll get it. We'll get into it the way Joey reacts, but Sure. But he, so Chandler comes home and Joey makes a sambuca margarita. He's like, "Oh, we didn't have any rum. We only had sambuca." Because Chandler's like, is that a thing? He's like, I don't know. It's all we had. Which I just mentioned how lame they are most of the time. That is the, one of the more relatable things when you're in your mid to late 20s where you just like make random drinks with the only liquor you have in your house. For sure. Like that's one of the more that, that – I've never seen friends actually be that relatable in that way sometimes. Devil's,
1: the devil's drink though in a margarita? No, thank you.
0: Yeah. You're just like – you're just you – just, whatever. Sh- you just throw shit together just to booze. It's like, sure. yeah, I'll make a Sambuca margarita. Yeah, I'll mix apérol and Bailey's with a little bit of frozen fruit. Why not? Oh, jeez. Yeah, I've been there. Um,
1: <laughs> Again, just, when Nick is relating. Yeah.
0: Yes, Ross and his sound though just kills me. Like, <laughs> and just how Phoebe is like, no, he's brilliant. Oh, he's not even he's not even respected in his own time. I would give not to be respected in my own time. <laughs> oh man. Um, but the the the, the serious. The heart of this episode is, of course, Chandler making out with Kathy. That's right. He has to tell Joey. There is that good... The the scene is good, too, where he kind of mentions, you know, I think I like Kathy. He's like, you know what? That's okay, because he came to me first. And (laughs) I know it's a little contrived, because that's what they're trying to push this whole time. But just the way Matt LeBlanc delivers it, I kind of did the... Man, that sucks. Because there are times you want to have the conversations with friends and people who you have relationships with, and you just don't and you wish you had, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of snowballs out of control. Sure. But also, so I'll ask you, how do you feel about joy's reaction to the whole thing?
1: Was well, dating somebody else?
0: Well, that's my issue. <laughs> the reason why Kathy and Joe and Chandler, are even in the apartment together, for as long as they are not to say that what it did was okay but, he's but it's because him. joey's literally on another date with another girl yeah you're
1: trying to date two women literally on the same day that's like i know
0: and i and i get that he says they're not exclusive but it sure seems from kathy's point of view that she thinks they're exclusive yeah he's taking out for dinner on her birthday Mm-hmm. like so i get joey feel i get the betrayal sure but at the same time like yeah i think it'd be easier of, to get over
1: no because if you really felt that strongly, you would have been exclusive from the beginning, no? Yeah. Is is that the argument here? I think that's the argument. I
0: don't know if it's an argument. I'm just saying, like, I I I get Joey's reaction, but at the same time, like, he's not completely innocent in this whole thing. No,
1: he's not. No, Joey's definitely part of the problem here. You know, Bill Perha- Simmons perhaps pushes. You know, Kathy into Chandler's arms, if you will. Yeah,
0: exactly. Bill Simmons has a theory that this is where the the whole premise of the show gets a little unrealistic. He says that at this point, like, that would just be the end of the friendship completely.
1: Never. It would never recover.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Your buddy kissing your girlfriend.
1: I mean, it's not great. It's not a great look.
0: No, it's not. And in the next episode, Joey tries to justify it with ross about how he's reacting he says well just imagine if when you were dating rachel if he would have kissed rachel Mm -hmm. that's not a good comparison though it's not a good comparison like come on like i know Joey was into the into kathy but like joey and kathy is not ross and rachel and chandler (laughs) and 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 ross and ross has known chandler since college and like come on like the comparison is not there at all for sure um but yeah, I just I don't know. I, I I get the I get the tension and it is shitty, but I don't know. I think Joey is a little over the over the top a little bit.
1: Sure. Sure. I did like Chandler scrambling to like try and fix it and stuff. That's always yeah. great. Anytime Matthew Perry is just like quick off the tongue is is pretty fun. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I do I do like these uh like these couple episodes here. So
0: Yeah. The so next we move one into episode 8, yeah. which is the one with Chandler in a box. It's the Thanksgiving <laughs> episode, 20th of November, 1997. That's right. Um, yeah, and th- again, so this is Joey trying to justify why he's mad at Chandler. It's not, and it's not like what Chandler did was out of malice. Like, he didn't just, like, get drunk and make out or sleep with Kathy mm-hmm. just because he actually genuinely likes her. He has a genuine connection with her. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, honestly, I've been in a position where... I've briefly dated and liked a girl and she ended up liking a friend of mine more, Mm -hmm. you know, I never held that against anyone. Yeah. Sure. It's, it's awkward for a bit, but in the long run, like you don't really hold it against the person. I don't think. No,
1: I think you just got to let those things go. Got to Try and let it, we're very, uh, we're relaxed here at the two man booth. We, that's true. We, we like to let people be happy. However, that shows up. Yeah. Like if, if, as long as, as as there's no malice or anything like that,
0: no, and like, and Chandler's genuinely apologetic and feels bad about it, and but him and Kathy have a genuine connection, and you know it turns into a, a real relationship. Even though as soon as they start dating, Kathy's not seen for two straight episodes, but
1: my biggest complaint about this—they <laughs> <laughs> spend all this time, and then it's like Chandler's single again. Because like, no, he's, he
0: keeps—he's like Kathy's with her parents, Kathy's out of town, or whatever, right? But like
1: what? You do all these things, and then you don't see Kathy hanging out with the—I fr- don't know. To me, that would be more realistic is that, like, Kathy's trying to integrate. Maybe you make a storyline of, like, her having trouble to do it. Who knows, right? I think like, a lot Like, even Julie,
0: like, the way Julie was introduced. Sure.
1: you're Like, you're trying to hang out a little bit. But no, instead, some random guy, the first time they've ever met, comes to your Thanksgiving dinner. And she can't. So, I don't know.
0: So, the, so the other storylines we have here is uh, Monica has an eye injury. She has to go see. She's afraid to go see your eye doctor because it's Richard. But of it course. turns out that it's the son, Timothy.
1: That's right
0: uh Timothy Burke's a fucking square right he's lame as hell oh, man, dude. <laughs> I know
1: some of the characters are just like holy smokes. where
0: where can I, just the way he where can I wash up like great hey hey personal hygiene is important, especially like I said nowadays like it's good to see somebody taking it upon themselves to wash their hands, but just where can I wash up like just say where's the bathroom or like oh i don't know it's a fucking apartment like it's clearly the only other room. That has a door that's not a bedroom. I think you can figure... I mean, you're supposed to be a doctor here, Timothy. Like, I think you can figure it out.
1: (laughs) An optometrist?
0: Yeah. Um, And then the other part here is Ross getting upset because Rachel always returns things. That's right. Right? Or exchanges everything, right? So uh, he, of course, pushes it too far. Always making little comments, jabs at the dinner table. And Ross has a habit of doing this; is he kind of won't let, he can't let something go. There, there are some funny lines. There's like, "Oh, I've got the scal or the sweet potatoes for you, Rachel," but Joey has the mashed potatoes. If you feel like exchanging them, <laughs> yeah, um, this is
1: where the pettiness is great.
0: Yeah, and, but then we get a nice, like tender. But okay, here's the thing: Why does Rachel care so much? Her and Ross are broken up, and she clearly doesn't like him at all. So why is she taking it so personally that? he is upset that she doesn't have the necklace that he bought her last Christmas.
1: Thank you. I'm totally on team Ross again here. <laughs> no, actually I'm not. Ross is a crazy bastard. No, she is, wants, if she wants I, to I'm do whatever Rachel's, she wants, so, yep. Rachel shouldn't be taking it so seriously. No, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm totally, I'm totally for it. I, this is where I hate the relationship. Like all of a sudden she pulls out all those sentimental moments. Cause again, we got to set up that, you know, she's going still be there. in love with Ross.
0: That thread Get is always out there. Get out of here. Get but out of it, here. But give me pettiness all day over sappiness. But I love that you're not actually supposed to take these things. (laughs) Yeah. They're like a million years old. We actually have people who are trying to find it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She's got like a horn or something like it looks like a is it a tooth? Yeah. It's
1: like a tooth from one of the dinosaurs or something. But yeah. Um, Actually. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not team Ross here, but I'm definitely you're right. You're just anti Ross
0: Rachel. Rachel. Yes.
1: Yes, I'm, I'm, and I'm totally pro for them being petty towards each other constantly.
0: That, for um, me, would be more interesting. I have to say, though, I'm concerned about the security in this apartment building. Dude. Because both Timothy and Kathy knock on the apartment door without ever getting buzzed in. Yep. So Only conveniently
1: I, when the guy comes up for the food review, which we'll talk
0: Alejandro, about. Alejandro, yeah. Yeah, but like,
1: other than that, no.
0: Yeah, I'm quite concerned about this downtown New York apartment. That's right. Anyway. How did Pendulette get in there to sell encyclopedias? Right, never. Someone would have to buzz him in. Oh man! Um, So we can move on to episode nine, the one where they're gonna party.
1: Or so, yeah. I guess Joey finally lets
0: it go. Though, oh, that's right. He lets Chandler out of the box. Kathy, Uh, the box is
1: uh, fun. Like when Chandler's in there and stuff. There's some funny moments, and he's like in the box. He's like, he's in there to think. (laughs) <laughs> the
0: purpose of the box is threefold. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I also love when they're like, uh, she like t- talks to Chandler and she looks at them and they're like, oh, we'll leave her alone and they just go yeah. to the
0: kitchen, like when
1: you yeah. clearly still hear everything. Yeah. that's the other thing <laughs> it's too. The is that like, oh, how great is he? And like he's right beside them, washing his hands. Right when he's like, oh, I need to go clean up. And, they're like, and yeah. Monica looks like oh, how great is he? Just like yelling it, like as if he's not going to
0: see like hear it. Rachel does have a Rachel has a good line too, where they're all debating like. Oh, it's it's not that bad that we're inviting him in over, and Rachel's like, it's like inviting a, a, over a Greek tragedy, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Monica turns to Phoebe. She's like, Phoebe, it's fine, right? She's like, yeah, you know, I'd see why it'd be your best bet, but no, I don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was good, yeah,
0: <laughs> um, yeah. So we get to episode nine, the one where they're going to party, eleventh of December, ninety seven. Um, we get the whole conce- conceit here is that an old college friend of. Joey or uh Chandler and Ross is is coming Gandalf and they always just they always party with Gandalf because he's the party wizard um (laughs) yeah they're just there's a quote there's a quote where they're excited yeah they're excited because quote we never party anymore and it's and this is where I said you guys are in your late 20s not your late 30s living in fucking New York City like Christ you don't have to be lame all the time like yeah you don't have to be going to clubs and stuff like that but like holy shit it's
1: so true, though. Like, they don't party Get
0: drunk once.
1: I know. Why? Yeah. Was it just to keep, like, the family? I don't know. Like, the yeah. family element and the family-friendly element to it is that you don't drink or something? I don't know.
0: Uh, so, Rachel's trying to get promoted at Bloomingdale. She wants to get a buyer's job. Uh, she goes, There's a hiring committee that Joanna's mm-hmm. on. Um, Mr. Lipman is also on the hiring committee. Elaine's boss from, from Seinfeld. Oh, there you
1: go. I've never uh, seen Seinfeld, so you're...
0: Oh, my God, Neil.
1: <laughs> I was oh, just my. texting with a listener yesterday, actually. They were uh, inquiring about something. I can't remember. Oh, they were they were listening to our episode, of course, and they had said, I didn't notice that Gretchen was, you know, p- char- played, was the same character who played, of course, Ross's wife, uh, what's him? Susan. Susan, thank you. And so it's something like that. And then we got onto Seinfeld and I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Nick's watched Seinfeld. I've never watched it. And he was just, his reaction was probably very similar to you on the other end
0: of the text. I'm just like <laughs> flabbergasted. Like I get friends, but like Seinfeld, really? Holy fuck, Neil. <laughs> anyway, um, so you, can, you kind of mentioned it. This is the episode where Monica writes a food review. And the restaurant owner comes back to to give her give her a piece of his mind, but I I wrote in an age before Google, how does a restaurant owner find where a random food critic, in what we've been told is a barely read newspaper, even lives?
1: Mm-hmm. I love it again, Nick. Just with the observant plot holes, always. I don't. I just don't get it. Nothing so, gets by you at this point. It's probably because you've seen it a couple times,
0: but well, I just just you know with a little somewhat fresh eyes too That's you know funny. well i haven't you, seen some of these asked, episodes in a long time you're
1: asking the hard questions here no doubt about it
0: yeah so the, the the whole thing with gandalf doesn't show up the guys go to party they get tired by 10 p.m and have decaf coffee like i don't know again there's like a sort of the a bit of a, a gay joke here too where ross is like sometimes i get home and i just want to put on some kenny g and, and lay in the tub or whatever and it's like hey we're we're 29 we're not women like it's just like little things like that we're just sort of like okay
1: yeah we're just enforcing stereotypes
0: uh and then so monica gets the offer to be the head chef at alejandro's which is going to be some comedy for the next couple episodes as well
1: i guess this um, would be the job that she has primarily throughout the series though no
0: she yeah i believe so this is her her head chef job yeah. um and then Joanna, we find out she's, she kind of tries to sink Rachel's uh, promotion interview because she wants to keep her around. She offers her this new, great, off- awesome position. And then the storyline at the end is, I you've never seen it, but it's very Seinfeld-esque. Like, it's very dark where Joanna just dies. <laughs> they like, kill off Joanna. Yeah. And then Sophie comes in. She's like, oh, Sophie, I guess you haven't heard the news. I sure did. Like... <laughs> Very unfriends like with that that dark comedy. Like sure. I know they go they do go dark, but never quite like that. Which it reminds me a lot of a of a Seinfeld sort of plot. Sure. So I don't know. What did you think about the whole Joanna dying thing?
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pretty funny because they finally established that like Rachel is good at her job, and so then Joanna, of course, is like sabotaging her because she doesn't want to lose her. And then it's funny that they just like kill her off. It's just this, like you said, very abrupt. And the Susan yeah. thing, for sure, like kind of laughing. You're like, "Oh, okay, that's where we're going with this one." Sophie, so, or Sophie, sorry, yeah. And she's like, "Oh, that's okay, that's where we're going." But well, like and I jo- was wondering if that was gonna happen because nobody really likes Joanna, right? So,
0: well, like the the, the Joanna Sophie thing has been funny too. Just like, the, congratulations, Sophie, you've now crossed over into completely useless. Get out of my office, like.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Uh, so we get to episode ten, the one with the girl from Poughkeepsie, eighteenth of December ninety seven. Uh, this is where I wrote Chandler's now start to date Kathy. We haven't seen her since.
1: Haven't seen her since. Yep. We don't um, see her the rest of the season, right? Or the rest of the No, she comes back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that she we've comes done back. So far, sorry. The twelve that we did. We don't see her again. So
0: Yeah, she comes back because of the erogenous zones. Oh yeah. Yeah, she does come back. It's very brief though. Two scenes, yeah. She's in two scenes. Okay. Um, Chandler just blatantly pimping out Rachel to his work colleagues.
1: Love it. (laughs) Although, how stoked would you be if you were those work colleagues, though?
0: Okay, but like, how stoked would you be if like you have all these guys being like, "I got Oilers tickets. I got this. I got that." And like, yeah. Got me thinking. Like, maybe I need to start. uh, No, I'm not going to go down that road. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But so the the whole this is where we're starting to get it. The two
1: guys they show. Way out of Jennifer Aston's league, though. Oh no,
0: she's out of their league.
1: That's what I mean. Sorry, like they're not yeah. good looking.
0: Like Drew, Drew's fine, but like that Patrick guy. Yeah. Like, come on, come on, come on. Is this hot Rachel you brought to the to the party? Like, like yeah. <laughs> um, but so the whole most of the, I mean, the episode's called "The Girl from Poughkeepsie" because Ross is trying to. You know, he's debating whether he wants to date the one girl who lives in Poughkeepsie, which is like a town two hours outside of New York City, mm-hmm. or someone else who's a lot closer. And again, this is just really good Ross, like good David Schwimmer line reading. like, the one in Poughkeepsie fun, and she's smart, and she's pretty, but she lives two hours away. The one that's right uptown, and she's just as pretty. I guess she's smart. She is not fun. <laughs> and then he's like, you know, she told a joke at the end of our last date, which, you know, if if told one way, is pretty funny, and if not, she's definitely not funny, not s- pretty dumb, and kind of probably racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this was good. Like the
1: Ross torn between. This like super serious girl and this fun one, yeah, but like, so they Mon- spend all his time commuting, and he doesn't like that, so
0: yeah Monica is uh, is trying to establish herself at her new job. She hires Joey as this sort of like i'll fire I'll hire you just to fire you thing, but Monica's nothing like ever chef I've ever met in the food and beverage industry Neil. No, yeah, this, so would, this would be your expertise. This would be your expertise here. So meek, so humble, so friendly. No fucking head chefs ever been like that. No head chef comes in there and lets some people walk all over them like that. Like if if Monica's trying to get into this industry, and she, maybe there's a reason why she's still unemployed until until the age of 28 or whatever it is because you got to well, you got to assert yourself a little bit here. That's right. Ramsay I've would never let that shit
1: fly when he first probably started, right?
0: No, I've men- I've mentioned it I've mentioned it before. You know, any chef I've ever met they're all pompous, in, in their own way. In their own way, they're very territorial. Sure, they're very specific. Like they, it takes it takes a certain personality to be a head chef. I'll say that much. Sure. Um, and we've got a lot of cancon over the past couple episodes. In the in the previous episode, the one where they want to party, mm-hmm. Chandler makes a comment: uh, "Stupid useless Canadian money," which is funny because Matthew Perry is Canadian. Yes. In this one, Ross falls asleep on the train. He ends up in Montreal. He meets a girl who's actually from Nova Scotia. A lot of CanCon in the, these couple episodes. That's right. So they could syndicate in Canada, probably. Probably. <laughs> uh, move on to episode 11, the one with Phoebe's uterus. And this is where we kind of get into a little bit more... You know, th- this is the the parts of Friends that sometimes gets more progressive than you expect it to be. Sure. You know, in the first couple, first couple seasons with... Ross, especially the first season, Ross trying to start a blended family with his ex wife who's a lesbian, right? And that whole thing, very uh, uncommon for sure, in, especially on cable to, or on network television at the time. For sure. And now you have this whole surrogate. Not only is it a surrogate subplot, but it's, you know, Phoebe's brother's. She's being Phoebe's brother's surrogate. Mm-hmm. Her, you know, so. It's interesting, um, but we open up the episode with a twenty-year-old Donald Trump joke about about Trump's blue blazer, which oh my god, it's just depressing that it's aged the way it has. Um, and then yeah, so so uh, Alice and Frank Jr approach Phoebe to be the surrogate and so she goes back to the apartment to tell everyone about it and she says I'm gonna do it I'm gonna give him the greatest gift you can give someone and this is a great Chandler line oh my god you're gonna give them a kid and a Sony PlayStation
1: oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh man
0: uh, and then yeah like we talked about the subplot here too is raw um, Chandler's nervous about having sex with Kathy because she was with Joey before he knows about uh, He's he's quite familiar with Joey's sexual prowess. He said, well, we, ner-
1: we share a wall. Is either
0: they, is. I, either he's really good or they disagree with him a lot. <laughs> uh, so then he, he's, he, he approaches Rachel and Monica says, I need help. You know, what can I do? And Monica starts drawing the, the picture and it's like, there's everyone knows there's seven erogenous zones. And then Chandler kind of points at one. And he's like, that, that's one. Oh, well, that's kind of an important one. He's like, Oh, sorry. I was looking at up, it up, upside down. And Rachel says, Sometimes that helps. Is Rachel making a 69 joke on network television? I think so. That's how they
1: they got away with that one.
0: Yep. My goodness. <laughs> nice catch. Yep. Uh, yeah. 100%. Um yeah, cat this is the episode I wrote Kathy's back with an exclamation mark because we haven't seen her for a couple episodes. That's right. Uh and then we have the whole thing at the at the museum. Between Ross and Joey, Joey's a blazer. He sits at one table. Ross is a white coat, a lab coat. He sits at another table. And just Ross's speech about like <laughs> shedding, shedding your jackets and getting to know the person underneath is just fucking hilarious. Oh my god! <laughs> and they have some, of the, you know, I'm Rhonda. These aren't real. All right, Rhonda. <laughs> I'm Patrick and I have to flick a light switch off seventeen times before I leave a room or a family will die. Like <laughs> oh, shit.
1: Oh man. Yeah, that was that was a funny I like how Joey's he, he do we it doesn't I guess he doesn't keep this job, does he?
0: Or who knows? I guess not. Yeah, they don't they kind of just leave that to the wayside. Yeah.
1: That's the only thing sometimes it's not as there's definitely times where it's um what's the best word, like it builds on previous episodes or it's continuous in some continuity way. continuity. Yeah. Thank you. In some capacity, obviously sometimes when it comes to their work and stuff, but maybe that's part of they the ch- joke, you know, in fairness.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, th- I think for Joey, it's probably just like, he's a struggling actor. So he just has these odd jobs from here and there. I think that's sort of the thing there. Um, yeah, sure. but you're right. They do pick and choose certain things that they, they have for continuity sake for from sure. season to season, from episode to episode, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it yeah' sort of whatever they choose to do, which is whatever. when you're writing twenty four episodes of Season for ten years, like fine, whatever for sure, yeah um, yeah, see, and this is the where I, where I wrote kind of what we talked about before, where Friends does this weird tug of war between being progressive with storylines. Phoebe being a surrogate and making out of touch gay and gender jokes. Like it's it's tough because you want to give it credit for like, oh yeah, they're they're heading into these certain directions, but at the same time, it's like Again, it's it's a product of the times, I guess, too, right? Like you gotta give them credit at least for for broaching somewhat uncomfortable things while still, I don't know, unfortunately, they just hit like I said, they hit the long hanging fruit with some of these jokes.
1: Yeah, that's totally what it is. It's this idea that you can be these things, but you can still make jokes about it. Which I mean, some people would argue, perhaps that you should be able to do. But I think you're right. I think it just it, they, they cut it looking back on it, it misses the mark a little bit. But mm-hmm. I still think it's it is kind of interesting that they touch on some topics that they do. So
0: yeah, no, you know exactly. Um, and it it is really sweet when they go in, when we go into this next episode with like with the puppy and all that kind of stuff, right? And sure.
1: the next episode's great. Oh, it,
0: so we'll, we'll jump into it episode 12, the one with all the embryos.
1: Well, sorry, even just quickly, oh, I sure. I did like having uh, Allison Frank back.
0: Yeah. I, they're funny. G- they're like, good dynamic. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh Giovanni Ribisi Rib- 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 is hilarious. Like He's great, yeah. In the next episode, uh, where I think it's the next one where yeah, where Phoebe's getting the the embryos put in her and she's like, "Is there anything else I can do to help it?" And the doctor's like, "No." Or anything else I can do to make sure I get pregnant? And she's like, no. And Phoebe goes, you don't really know much of anything, do you? And then uh, Frank Jr. goes, oh, she could get drunk. That helped a lot of girls uh, at my high school get pregnant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, man. So it's it's stuff like that. But, yeah, it, it's good to to have their dynamic. Yeah I, I, uh, but I love,
1: yeah, I love Frank.
0: Episode 12, the one with all the embryos, mm-hmm. uh, this is – one of the best ones in the series this is where they have the hosting game ross hosting the game in general is just money. perfect ross it's money yeah she's like oh sure ross will do it he doesn't have a career or a kid or a life of his own it's okay last few weeks no i want to play
1: no i want to play <laughs> <laughs> no he, and he's so he's so good when he's delivering
0: it's okay i prepared for this he like pulls the envelope out of his back pocket the lightning round <laughs> oh they
1: like how both monica and Chadler. i majored
0: in lightning rounds <laughs> yeah this is a this is a fantastic episode because this is this is a good episode of balancing out like that really it's clever humor with you know how much do they know like a dating game but for friends right for sure uh and then this really heavy shit about like oh man look how expensive this this embryotic procedure is and uh, this is something that Alice and Frank Jr. want more than anything, and the pressure of being the person—what if it doesn't work? Like, it's such a good balance between the two things. Um, but so I gotta say, the, the the game itself is is funny. All the questions are funny, and I get the concept of why the apartment switch is sweet for the guys. But I'm just looking at all the shit in those apartments, and I'm like, is it? I think moving just across the hall would be a pain in the fucking ass.
1: Way too much work, man. <laughs> Way too much work. Like,
0: is it worth it at all? Yeah, I definitely feel
1: like they probably uh, included the apartment swap as like to really amp up the stakes. I'm assuming that they yeah. didn't want it to feel, you know, disingenuous. That it would be like if it was just too minor of stakes. I guess right.
0: Well, when so they obviously they do move back. For sure, of course, and you don't remember. You probably don't know why or how that happens. No, I don't. But the way they do it is pretty funny. It is pretty like a low stakes thing that they do to move it back. But sure, uh, yeah, no, there's not really a lot to say about this episode because it's just, it's just a lot of funny, funny jokes. Um, But yeah, we get the the emotional, the emotional heave at the end where you know Phoebe does get pregnant and she's gonna have her brother's kid and you know frank jr my sister's gonna have my baby
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's what i mean like i love the um and i just think this adds a a nice dynamic for phoebe Mm -hmm. it just kind of like she's you know really i think good-hearted in some way good-natured
0: and yeah and she's not off like the total deep end yet
1: no and she's like debating it you know whether i like the will she won't she of like ah you know i want to be why not? I'm just giving up, you know, I'm not giving up much in her eyes or whatever, but Mm -hmm. we all know like that is still a significant thing. So again, I think this is what you're talking about. This one perfectly blended sort of some different topics with the humor of the game, just providing Mm -hmm. the other actors and, you know, to be as hilarious as
0: they can be. So yeah, I love, (laughs) I I love, I mean, the
1: last question too, is just too good.
0: What is Chandler Bing's job? (laughs) Because even even for me, I've watched this show for years over and over, I still couldn't tell you what Chandler's job is.
1: I think that, yeah, that's a hilarious running joke that they, they yeah. do and that that becomes, you know, and the famous line, what does she say? What does Rachel end up saying he is? trans Transponder.
0: <laughs> Or something transponster or something. That's yeah. not
1: even a word. word. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then after that too, Rachel's just like, "Well, you had the you, Miss Steady Hand. Well, look who has the Steady Hand now." And she- <laughs> she's all shaky. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. oh, great funny, Rachel. Man. This is a great Rachel episode. This is really good.
1: Miss Chen Chandler Bong. they
0: Bong. Yeah. Well, we should know that.
1: We steal the TV Guide every re- I knew it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> TV Guide, that's such a throwback, oh, too. Dude, that's, that ages it for sure. TV I Guide. I remember Do you remember getting TV Guides? Yeah, kind of. I remember getting TV Guides. Because you had the, cha- the TV Guide channel, but it was like you had to wait. And then if you missed it, then you're like, oh, fuck, i got to wait another two minutes. Yeah, and it was always the blue screen. It was nice screen. having the TV Guide. It was always yeah.
1: the blue screen. Yeah, God, that was crazy, hey?
0: It was nice having the TV Guide. Unreal my god uh that feels nice, yeah.
1: though for sure
0: yeah there's no there wasn't a ton of stuff that really felt super dated but there's a couple of things that come up like that um just that feeling of it was one i think it was the episode where ross was gonna before he realizes gandalf is coming he's like oh there's this thing on the this thing about on bumblebees i want to watch the discovery channel tonight right and it's yeah. like that feeling of when you wanted to watch something, you had to be there to watch it or tape it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Something we just take for granted now. Like, you know, anytime you want to watch a show, even if you're not going to be home, you're just like, ah, eh, just set your PVR. That's it. So it's, so true. it's just funny to sometimes to, to think about those. And like, even they're so stoked about the TV Chandler buys. And it's like, this like shitty 15 inch tube TV. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: That was pretty funny when the, he gets, when he buys the stuff, cause he feels bad and they, he, opens the screen
0: and joey's like that's the dream a tv t- that, that appears as if out of nowhere or Where? something. That's the yeah. dream. <laughs> <laughs> um but if chandler could afford all this stuff why didn't he just buy it before oh god don't even get me started
1: that's because you don't know what his job is mad mystery man
0: uh yeah fair okay so we'll finish up uh the second half of season four next thursday we'll come back on monday with reviewing the weekend the week i guess that was in sports getting kind of interesting with these with these no fan games but hey doesn't feel that weird which is strange to say but yeah. uh, we'll get more into it then uh, until then follow us on social media two man booth on twitter facebook and instagram you can find us uh by just searching two man booth uh check out the website tmbmedia.ca uh I had an article go up earlier the blog post go up earlier this week uh, reviewing Taylor Swift's album Folklore, and hey, it's like I said before, Neil. I call it like I see it. You, it, it, you, you it wasn't,
1: stand Taylor Swift, so
0: of course I do. And I'm surprised we haven't we didn't even talk about doing another ranked episode yet because like two episodes of two albums have come out since we did it, Neil. It might be time. Oh man,
1: I tell you what. What Nick Stretching my limits of Taylor Neil. Swift.
0: <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to pull a uh, a good friend of ours uh Joel's reaction here. Neil. <laughs> come on.
1: <laughs> I uh I only have so much capacity. My Taylor Swift fandom might end
0: after Red. Hot take. How is that possible? I am just kidding.
1: Well, we'll see. You
0: you put one of the most bullshit songs ever on your first well, list. I almost I'll i never text you, you. you f-
1: cuz I was listening to it the other day when I was at work. So, okay. the new run. album. No, the Safe and Sound. Oh God! Came on my podcast on, hear it. on my shuffle because I had it on there from the last time we reviewed. I don't want to so hear it's it in my pool of songs.
0: So I don't want to hear it. We'll uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll come back to it anyway. Check out the website. Neil teased he might put something up after next yeah. week's episode. So yeah, we'll see. We'll, uh, see uh, we'll have some stuff going up there to go along with the podcast. So uh, click on that. Support us. Help our Google, Google Analytics just soar through the roof. That's right. Uh, so until then. Until Monday, Neil? Nothing. Just remember, I'll always be there for you, Neil. When the rain starts to pour, I'll be there for you. Stay safe, stay healthy, everyone. Thank you.